Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, June 25th, 2007. Managing Through a Personal Crisis, Part 2 of 2. everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Today we conclude our conversation on managing through a personal crisis. Last week we talked about the preparatory stage, and this week we talk about action. So stay tuned. Before we go on, though, I'd like to remind everyone of our upcoming September Effective Managers Conference in San Antonio, Texas. Well, we've been, uh, I guess it's been about two weeks since we announced it, and we're just about three quarters of the way full. So if you're interested in improving your management skills and you want to do it as quickly and painlessly as possible, please join us at the Effective Managers Conference in September. You can sign up on the website. So with that, let's get on with our show. So what about action? What you know? First, we have immediately address. Yeah, um, this comes from a long history of of being asked to help and hearing from managers. I've got one of my employees got a problem, and I and, and I say, you know, they, they, they describe situation that's lasted for a couple of months, but the way they describe it to me initially, it's like, well, this person has a problem, and I kind of get the impression they just found out about it, and and I say, well, gee, how long have you known about? It? Oh, six months. And there's, there's been pain. It's like a chronic arthritis in the organization. You say, what, what? did you know about it six months? Yeah, but I, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know if I could. Uh, wow. Wow, that's <laughs> so, right. Yeah, wow. So look, let's, uh, um, we're, we'll be very, very direct here. Um, this is one area where we may be seeing something very different from many other sources of input. There are legions of people, as we've alluded to, telling organizations to respect privacy, and 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 for good reason, uh, because everybody's privacy uh, seems like not a big deal until yours is threatened, right? Um, managers hear this drumbeat about privacy and employee rights and and so on, and they think I can't ask, and that paralyzes the manager, and keeps them from doing other things that they just don't feel they can do. Uh, I, I think this is a huge issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Managers are, uh, they're, they're, I hate it. They're just scared of, H, yeah. of, of, of privacy and HR and lawyers and angry or objectionable employees. I, you know, the list goes on, so, you know, so they just don't ask. And right. then, and then there are all the rumors circulating out there. Right. And they don't want to address the rumors. They don't know how to handle the rumors. We've actually had managers say we have a, the first 10 minutes of every one of our meetings are turned over to rumors. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Why would we give any credence to rumors at all? Like, no, I know that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's true. Might be true. Don't know. I'll find out. But gee whiz. What? A, uh, um, I'm not saying rumors are true or untrue. I'm just saying let's not waste our time on them. And, and let's certainly not manage based on them. Um yeah, I, I think managers are afraid of getting in trouble. It's one of those third rail kind of things. It's amazing how there are only three rails, but there are a thousand things that are called the third rail. Um, but look, Mike, what about an employee who won't tell us anything about their crisis? They simply say, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sharing this with you. Well, look, at, we're, I mean, we're obviously not able to compel such information. Right. But uh, that doesn't mean we have to cede to all their wishes, you know, in the dark. 
Yeah, I, I think that's really important. As manager, it's reasonable for you to know the scope of the problem to assess its effect on the employees and their work product. We will always ask compassionately. You can always be respectful. And you, see, you, can, you can ask by saying, I don't know if you feel comfortable telling me, but I want to ask. Please tell me what the problem is and tell me what the impact might be on work. Maybe, in fact, they've been told very specifically what the impact on work will be, and they've got a doctor's note to that very effect. Or, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we can find out how my father's doing and how long it'll take to to get him into a home. Um, or they're saying it's a three-month wait, and he's going to be in our home, and he's not, he's not, uh, he's really not well, and I can't afford – and I actually had an employee system once. I can't afford to to have twenty four hour care on what you pay me. Mm. Um, and I almost said, I, I and you know, I'm not perfect. I almost said, gee, I vaguely remember you accepting the offer right. of that amount. Um, why I'm being blamed for your acceptance, I don't know. But but no, you don't have to simply agree. Um, and it's always okay to say, can you please tell me what happened? It will help me be more compassionate, more understanding. And, and, and after you hear it, I, I wouldn't say I'm not, I, I would not say I'm not going to share it with anybody. Okay. Um, uh, by the same token, I would ask, and if they share it, say, now let's talk about what I can share and what you'd like me to share with the team. And let me tell you my point of view. I recommend that we do share with this, this with the team. They will see you as somebody deserving of empathy, obviously. It won't be just a, a, a dark spot. They don't know what's happening. They'll want to be able to reach out. They'll want to be able to help you. I'll be able to be much more compassionate about it because I understand the significance of what you're going through. Well, so you that- can always ask what's happened, and you can always ask, you, know, you should always ask, ask. After that, what in fact they feel comfortable with you sharing, and 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 we should take a point of view that sharing more is more effective. Right. I mean, that's the whole point, right? And you want this information not not just for your own curiosity, but it allows you to start marshaling resources to start communicating, even if you can't be specific, or even if you can only take some initial actions. Right. right the right. more you know, the more you can do efficiently, and that's a reasonable expectation from an employee. Look, at, yes. it, it doesn't help the, the employee or you to have you, the manager, stumbling around in the dark because what you're going to do is you're going to stumble and you're going to trip over yourself and you're going to trip over and hurt the employee as well. Oh, that's very good. You're right. You're going to do something that you intend, you, you mean well, you have good intent, yeah. and it's going to be misunderstood and misinterpreted and, 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 and under uh, underappreciated or not appreciated at all. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, there's also this other part of immediate action, w- which you're saying, don't wait to take action on the impact to your team. You don't have to wait. You do not have to wait. If you find out something Monday night, call a team meeting for first thing to the, uh, Tuesday. And look, if you do this rarely, and too many managers do, oh, quick team meeting all of a sudden, and they get five of these a day, and it just drives people nuts. Um, if you do this pretty rarely, you're going to get everybody's attention. Tell everyone what you can even if it's very little, uh, even if it's just um, uh, Robert has a personal crisis at home and his, his uh, schedule will be changing, uh, tell everybody what you can and what changes might be coming. Look, it's what you would want if you were the team member. If for no other reason than workload issues, even if you can't do much just yet, you can well, start thinking about it. But Mark, I'm going to wait till I get all the information. Yeah, I need all. to be informed. Yeah, all. Right. Yeah. So in other words, they've been in a car accident, they're in the hospital, they're in a coma, but you're going to wait on the CT scan? 
No, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. The CT scan is going to require an MRI. You're going to wait on the MRI. That's going to be another 24 hours. I need no, information. Look, actually, 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 CT scan and then the MRI, and then we're going to do uh, a radioactive isotope thing just to make sure that certain blood vessels in the brain are okay. Uh, we really want to light up the screen, and uh, you know, so that'll be another day as well. And, I, so, and, you know, sure, and all during this, I'm sure the employee is just sitting there knowing that I'm, you know, thinking about doing something. <laughs> right, thinking about doing something. Right, yeah. but wanting just a little bit more information. Yeah. And and boy, you know, if if the situation is either personal or medical. Let me assure you, folks, you will never have all of the information, period. You won't. Um, and so tell people what you can, when you can. Um, uh, now, look, um, when people say, I want to wait, it, it, it absolutely, and, and they say that's the way to do it. It flies in the face of everything everybody who's good at this tells us. Um, uh, they want to know as soon as possible. People want to know as soon as possible, not because they want to invade people's privacy, but they want to be thinking about impacts on themselves as well. And look, kind people, coworkers who are kind and considerate don't mind saying prayers or being compassionate or whatever it is they do, even when they don't know what the whole story is. You can simply say Robert's had a personal crisis. He and I are working on a change in his schedule for the next several weeks. Be thinking about this, what you might do, what it might mean. Uh, I don't know any more than that. I can't just say yet. I do know some more, but I'd rather not share it just yet. Um, but I wanted you to know right away, both for compassionate reasons, please, um, no need to reach out to Robert yet, but I'll give you more information on that shortly, but also because we're a team, and when one of us is less able for a period of time, I know that other people want to step up. Okay. Now, then, we offer support. Yeah. Uh, and there are two types of support we're talking about here, organizational and non-organizational. Look, organizational support is, is pretty easy. It means knowing what your company offers and knowing whom to call when you need to avail yourself of it. I seem to remember, Mike, it may have been a year or two ago. Um, it can have been two years ago. But but I, I seem to remember a while back, I told somebody that you need to have a friend in HR. You need to have a friend in finance, right? Yeah, yeah, we talked um, about that. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is a time where you know that person and you can call them. Um I think of a friend of mine at a big insurance company that I knew if it was two o'clock in the morning, I'd call him and, and he, he would open his, he would go to the office and open it up and get out an EAP brochure and say, look, here's who you can call here, the phone numbers and everything else. Or better yet, he'd say, look, I'll come over. We'll make phone calls. You'll use your cell. I'll use mine. We'll make phone calls. We'll wake people up. We'll make things happen. Put on some coffee. And that's the kind of response you want. Um, and if you don't, if your HR person doesn't have a cell phone, actually, let me rephrase that. If you don't know your HR person's cell phone number, then you don't have an HR person. You need a, you need a cell phone number. Yeah. Um, so you need to know what kind of medical and dental and mental health benefits your company offers. Even if the employee, you're not sure whether the employee elected them or not, you may not be able to find that out for 24, 48 hours, but you can find out what is automatic and what is uh, electable, and you can be ready if, in fact, they've elected it. Okay. You need to know what kind of EAP is available. That's in America. That stands for Employee, Employee Assistance Program. Uh, I'm sure it's different in different parts of the world. Um, a great program, but in the United States, a little bit of a stupid stigma attached to it. Like, oh, who needs assistance? That's for people who are really stricken or really in trouble. Well, guess what? If it's a crisis, people are really stricken, really in trouble. Um, you know, I, I, I um, 
Uh, I'm all, people, there are always crises in, in charities in America. Uh, America is a very charitable, the United States is very charitable, uh, gives a lot of money to charity. And the Red Cross, of course, is worldwide. Um, it started in Europe. And the American Red Cross is famous for always being there in disasters. Um, and there's a, there's a, I know there's a commercials that have been on for quite a while saying, I don't even know who you are, but I'll give you my blood. Um, and there are, um, there are organizations that do stuff like that. Um, and uh, EAP is one of those things where the company pays for it. And in times of crisis, you should avail yourself of it if you can. Um, look, if you know other managers who have had someone go through something like this, call them, ask them for advice. Make an extra call or two or three um, to make sure every benefit your company has is brought to bear for this employee. It's, it's like this. Why would you pay into a life insurance policy if your beneficiary wasn't going to get the money when you died? All those benefits sense. that your company has, all the benefits that your company has are insurance. They pay a premium to allow you to use it at certain times. The company's paying and you're the beneficiary and you should take advantage of it. Now's the time to shake the tree and get every resources available to you. It, even if you can't use it, you should know that it's there. Um, and perhaps the best thing we can share with you in this situation is this, your role, you, the manager makes you not one, but the ideal person to be handling support for your team member. Don't delegate you reaching out to the team member or having somebody else intercede who quote, knows them better, or I'm her friend. I'll be the point of contact. It's inefficient. It's wrong. This person, their affliction, their crisis, their heart attack, their divorce, their spousal uh, um, uh, difficulties, their child's cancer, their parents being incapacitated or having to be institutionalized. Um, those are things that are affecting their work and your team's work. You wouldn't let anyone else get between you and anybody else on your team in terms of work product, and you should not do so now. You, Mr. or Ms. Manager, are the person to be doing this. If you're too busy, delegate something else so that you make time for this. And if you can't delegate after this crisis, you need to get another job because you're not doing this one well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Crises, crises do clarify. They do make obvious things that perhaps weren't obvious before. Yeah. And something else here about the organizational benefits, you know, you as the manager, you can add a lot of weight to the claim employees make on the system. Yes. You calling to follow up, to push paperwork through, you know, expediting something, calling in a favor with, you know, that HR person's, you know, right, phone number right. you happen to have in your BlackBerry. Yeah. Um, that HR bureaucracy does some good, but if it's too slow, you have more power than you realize to open doors and budgets and resources. Yes. Now is the time to politely refuse to go away. You know, and stories about you refusing to be told no will bring you great future employees. Oh, that's another, that's another you know, goes you to want, the issue. You want to demonstrate yeah. compassion? Start yeah. here. Now's yeah. the time to do it. There's nothing worse for an employee than having to fight through all that bureaucracy while they're undergoing the stresses they're, they're going through. You can make yeah. a huge difference here. Yes. Um, and the second part of this, as we mentioned, is non-organizational resources. Some of these are non-governmental organizations like the Red Cross or Red Crescent or a shelter 
a housing shelter, literally, if somebody's house burns down, or a food pantry if, if they've lost their home. Um, and it also means you and your team talking about each, how each of you can help. Uh, we strongly urge you not to lend money to direct reports. Just don't do it. It doesn't work. But look, that doesn't mean you can't give money to someone. We generally don't recommend it as, as policy. Uh, and we know there are people who are disagree with us. Um, but, but we nonetheless recommend it. And I'll tell you a story from years ago. This may very well have happened 50 years ago. There's a famous um, United States person by the name of Louis Ranieri. Uh, if you're in the mortgage business, you know who Louis is. Uh, he essentially started the mortgage securities business years and years and years ago, or at least when mortgages first started being bundled together, he was a, a key person responsible for the starting of it. And um, at the time, this is long before he made his name in, in the mortgage business, in the mortgage securities business. Um, I want to say he was in the mailroom. I could be wrong. He may have just been a junior clerk somewhere. Uh, his wife needed a terribly expensive operation. I, I want to say this is in the 50s, early 60s, and we're talking about tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. And and he literally was going to have to quit his job to take care of her or something, and 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 he, he could not afford the operation. It was before they had real good medical benefits or something along those lines. And and in a last desperate ditch attempt to to say I, I want to stay here, but I I don't know what to do. Uh, he he went to the partners of the firm. This is a a white shoe um, securities firm on Wall Street, and said uh, it may have been Morgan Stanley, but I'm not I'm not sure. Um, and said, uh, "Look, I, I I really need some help here." And uh, and the partner said they think about it, and came back to him a couple of days and said, "Look, don't worry about it anymore. We took care of it." And he panicked. He panicked. He says, "No, no, no. That's not what I wanted. Not what I wanted." Because he thought, I, "I'll never be able to repay them. I'll have to work at this job that I really I can barely afford my bills now, and then I'll have to pay them, and I'm going to be bankrupt and everything else." And the partners looked at him and said. Lily, I don't think you understand. We paid the bill. It's paid. You don't owe us anything. And wow. he said, I'll, I'll never leave the firm. And I think the only reason he left was because the division he was in was sold. Um, and, you know, there, there's something to be said for that. Now, not everybody has the ability to write big checks like that. Um, but sometimes going to the grocery store and buying two or three hundred dollars for the groceries and saying, where do I put it? And better yet, teaming up with some people and buying a refrigerator and a freezer and saying, here, we can plug these in somewhere and it's yours. Um, uh, that can make a huge difference. We recommend it. Um, it. It's great when it's anonymous as well. You don't need to be showy about giving people money. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having a little money tucked away for this very occurrence. Yeah. Okay. I think we've, I think we've talked about support enough. Um, and, and one more thing about support is you should be the hub of the wheel in the sense that you should not go out and get every bit of support, but you should be knowing where the support is coming from and you should be making, marshalling it, make sure it reaches your, your direct. Okay. This, this brings us to something simple, but we talk about it because over and over again, when I work with executives who are good at this stuff, this, this is really the way they show or the way they behave around keeping their eye on the ball of work, and that is maintaining your schedule. It, it, it seems simple, and, and, and basically it is, um, but it's easy to get sidetracked if the event, the start of a chronic situation or the start of the crisis, is a big one, and many people know about it, and there's a lot of pain for everybody. Um, look, sure, if somebody has passed away, 
Um, letting everyone go at noon because clearly no work is getting done today is completely your call and no one would say wrong answer. Um, time off for team members to reach out is great. And we encourage that. Um, and don't cancel all of your meetings for a week. Don't do it. There's no way that you can impose a mourning period on an organization. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Don't let things slide. Maybe the meetings you have are quieter. Maybe there are some people missing taking care of personal things for uh, the direct who's in crisis. Um, but maintaining your schedule sends an important message about work and about the team's mission. Not that it's always more important than a crisis, but that it always is important. Um, your schedule and other people's schedules which will essentially mirror yours. If you let yours go to heck there, theirs will go to heck as well. Um, your schedule and other people's schedules are the way to keep work from really becoming a big problem a week after the crisis starts. In other words, you have the crisis and you think, whoa, I'm just over the crisis. And then you're in another crisis because you're a week behind on everything and people are starting to scream at you. And because you couldn't tell everybody what was going on, well, yeah, now, the, the, the you, person, the individual employee had the crisis last week. Now you're having the crisis. Exactly, right. And, and, and now the crisis is bigger because, again, it's affecting work product, and that affects more than just the employee. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, that was a pretty simple one, but, you know, it's it's really easy to get away from the basics. So. Yes. Um, and, and I know just from personal experience that some semblance of normalcy, the, kind of the reinforcement of normal procedures yes. of order is important to people, critically important to people in times of crisis. So, um, yes, good. Well, well, well said. Yeah. Um, if you let all that stuff go, it, pe people feel like, oh, we're infected by something. Everything's falling apart now. At first, it was just him, and we're going to go help him. But now, everything's falling apart. Yeah. Gee, it doesn't. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like work, and I've, I've lost my bearings. Yeah. Yeah. People good. go crazy. Yeah. Um, so, leading to our next point, talk about and decide about communication. What's that about? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, when you first talk with your team member, whether at their home or on the phone or in their cube, don't be afraid to be direct and clear about what can and cannot be communicated and to whom. We talked about this before. It's okay to ask when you act immediately um, uh, it's okay to ask. It's very important. M maybe you can let it go knowing the details and talking about how you're going to communicate the details. It's one thing for you to know. It's another thing to talk about how you're going to communicate about it. Um, maybe you can let this go into your next meeting as long as it's not going to be more than 24 or 48 hours. But it's not effective. Listen carefully here. It's not effective to not know and to not say and not ask anything. You must ask. And it's okay to get no answer or to say they'd rather not say. But that will make the second time you ask easier for them and for you. At some point, it's reasonable for you to be allowed to give the team information both, both on what has happened and on what the impact will be. Yes, it's okay to honor personal confidentiality and to not give the reason for the crisis, but it is not okay to not ask out of some respect for privacy and then have your lack of knowledge affect you and your team's ability to address work product. If you're constantly being doled out little bits of information when in fact that information was available to you days before and, and there doesn't seem to be a privacy issue, but it's just the employee not wanting to tell you, 
Uh, we're not suggesting you're going to discipline the employee, but the last thing you want to do is say, well, whenever you're ready to talk about it, it's okay. That's not an appropriate managerial behavior. You have an obligation to the organization to learn enough to help you make good decisions about work product. It's not okay to not ask. Yeah. Is, isn't it possible, though, that you're going to irritate somebody in this situation? Yes. It's touchy. There's no, I'm, I'm not making any bones about it. No question about it. And in the U.S. and many other places, in many cases, the employee can say nothing. They can perhaps claim disability and they can be shielded from questions. Look, you're his boss and you talking to him would be work. And the doctor's slip says no work. And that means no communication with you. Jeez. It could and it does happen. I know it happens. Okay. But this one instance of somebody shielding themselves legitimately, legally, that one instance is not a reason for a manager not to ask. Okay. Ask your direct. What has happened? What do you believe it means for us as a team? And please, I'd, I'd like to know what you're comfortable uh, with me telling the team. And I'd actually like to say it differently than that. I'd like to tell the team this. May I have your okay to do that? And that way you're making them say no rather than, and you want to be careful about having them script it too tightly. We're going to respect what they're going to tell us, but it's far better to say, thank you for sharing that with me. I'd like to be able to tell the team this. May I please have your okay to do that? It will help me do this, 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 and this. You know how much they care about you, da, 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 da. And suddenly they're much more ready um, to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so, yeah. I, I think you, you said it well, which is, you can't necessarily demand a result. They may not tell right, you. Right, right, right. But we're saying effective manager behavior is to ask the question. Ask yep. what happened, what it means, and then what you can communicate to your to the others on the team. Yes, sir. So, yeah, and once again, it's likely that the biggest determinant of what, how this is going to go and the amount of information shared um, will come from the strength of relationship, and yep. that comes from, I guess, one-on-ones. Yeah. That inoculation we talked about earlier. Yeah. Exactly. You you build the wellness, you engage in wellness behaviors like one-on-one, and that makes you immune to the big problems that something like this could have, yeah. could create. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now in the crisis, wouldn't be the time to start <laughs> if you're not yeah. doing them already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Our, our last topic area, give guidance on behaviors. What's what's that? Yeah, this is this is also pretty simple. Um, crises cause folks to question the basics. Be clear with everyone about not only what is happening, but what it means for everybody. Tell your team what is reasonable regarding um, behaviors of compassion or uh, attention to the team member in crisis. Tell them when they can go visit, how long they can go. If they need an afternoon off, it's okay. If they need a morning off, they can't take every Friday off to go help out at their house unless there's a schedule, something like that. We're not mandating caring by this, but we are circumscribing certain work behaviors. It's reasonable to help people understand what might be appropriate and what might be too much. You don't need to come up with a page of notes and guidelines, but it's fine to say things like, hey folks, reconsider your request for time off for the next few days. Give me a day's notice, and I'll figure out how to let you go spend the afternoon with Robert and his family. 
You needn't take a personal day for the funeral. Just go. Okay? One-on-ones aren't going to change. Okay? Please share whatever you learn, if not with everyone, then at least with me, so that I can make sure that the resources reach Robert uh, in his situation. Let's talk about voicemail coverage of Robert's voicemail first thing tomorrow. Okay? Those kinds of behavioral guidances, guidance is very, very important to people. Here are the things that are that I can share with you. Here's how we're going to handle that. And it may be that you don't come up with it, but you say to the team, you have a meeting, and so let's talk about all this stuff. Here are five or six things I've thought about. Anybody got any ideas about how to handle it? And it's not a democracy. You just want, you want collaboration, and you're going to make a decision. And that way, in many cases, if an employee is in a difficult situation, but they're coherent, they're cogent, and they're just dealing with a crisis at home, they may want to know that the team is stepping up, taking care of them. That will bolster them. In many cases, people personal crises cause them to worry about what's going to affect, how bad it's going to affect them at work. If they hear anything negative about work, that spirals and boomerangs back to the home, and it makes it worse. Whereas if they see, if you come back in 48 hours and say, look, I just want to let you know how great a team members you got. They really care about you. They sent you these notes. Here are a bunch of notes for you to read when you get a minute. And by the way, we've got your voicemail covered. You're good for the next three or four weeks. Don't even worry about it. I'd like to talk to you every couple of days to hear how things are going and to find out what we can do for you. We have these resources available. Um, Joe said she's absolutely going to finish the project, and you're going to love her for it. You know, and I'll tell you what, you start talking like that, and in 30 seconds, depending upon the crisis, that person's going to have tears in their eyes. Because basically what a part of their life is saying is, don't worry about us, focus where you need to focus. Um, yeah. So, okay, uh, having said that, I want to make um, uh, a final point. I-, I think most managers are scared of being wrong in these situations, and so they do very little. And I understand that. Um, when my daughter was sick with cancer, very, very sick with cancer, there were two types of people. One kind came and had to be all over us and do, 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 and talk, 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 and clean, 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 clean. And another one didn't come over at all, didn't call, didn't ask. There is a space in between there where you can just go to a team member and sit with them. You needn't talk. You needn't offer any advice like time heals all wounds. Just sit. Just be there. And just say, without speaking, I care. I'm here. Management can be a warm and gentle voice of reason during times of great madness. Even with our encouragement, Mike and I encourage you to keep work on your radar. Do not become so enamored of results today and of seeing your staff as resources that create those outputs that you erode the very trust from which those outputs will come from tomorrow. Compassion is a manager tool. Perfect. And that wraps up our challenging but caring topic, how to deal with personal crises at work. So, sum it up real quick. Sure. For preparation, uh, your primary responsibility is work. I think we've, we've got that one down. Um, we want to think about impact and duration. That helps you think about how you're going to approach the situation. And then in terms of taking steps, you want to immediately address it directly with the direct report as soon as you can. Don't be shy. Go in and find out what you can find out. 
Um, then offer support. Offer support. Exactly right. We recommend you maintain your schedule. It's an important part of that order that people need. Um, we, we talk about deciding on what's can, what can be communicated and to whom. So it's not just a matter of communicating. It's also talking about how things are going to be communicated. Uh, and then lastly, give guidance about behaviors um, that are going to last during the, uh, during the crisis. Great. As always, my friend, great stuff. Thank you Thanks, sir. very much for sharing. My pleasure. All righty. We'll see you later. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this week, and we hope to see you again next week. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to join us in the discussion forums at www.managertools.com slash forums. So we'll see you again next week. So long, everyone.